hashtag never alone with Joe and Mark. Hi everyone and welcome to hashtag never alone season two episode four. Um, I just before I introduce myself and everything, I just want a little reminder to our listeners that we have got our webinar next weekend uh, for World Mental Health Day. Uh, we'll be joined by season one guests. Um, you can check the event page to see who's been confirmed so far. Uh, that will be hosted by Mark and myself. Um, and yeah, so I'm the lived experience host, Joe Ambridge. And I'm psychotherapist and relationship counsellor and co-host, Mark Fielding. Um, and today's episode, we are focusing on the topic of empaths. Um, this is a topic I don't know a lot about. I've heard, I know a few things here and there about, but um, something that Mark, topic Mark wanted to cover. Uh, so what you can tell us about empaths, Mark? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I'm going to make the distinction here between highly sensitive people and empaths. Um, highly sensitive people and empaths, I think, sit on the same spectrum, but I think em empaths perhaps are further down. Um, the em empaths can feel other people's feelings. So if someone you know is very, very empathic, they can sit in a room full of people and perhaps pick up you know all of the feelings of the people you know that are sitting in the room. And that can be positive. I.e., you know, I think people that, you know, are empaths can create really, really deep, connecting, meaningful relationships. But there is also, I think, a shadow side and empaths, you know, can absorb a lot of negative feelings from people. And that can make it, you know, often difficult, I think, to be in in groups, um, say an empath was sitting in, you know, a kind of group therapy situation, for instance. And there were people that were happy, there were people that were angry, there were people that were depressed. The empath is almost as if they have no skin, so they're picking up all of the emotions of everyone in the room. And that can lead to empaths getting pretty overwhelmed. And, and, and also in, in, in kind of wider, wider aspects, there's so much suffering in the world. Empaths really connect with suffering, whether that is suffering, you know, one to one, whether that is the suffering of groups, you know, whether that is environmental disaster. Empaths really, really connect with this. And so it's quite difficult for empaths, I think, in a world where there is so much suffering because they are really, really affected by it. And this is why I think trying to you know, create some internal bound boundaries for empaths is really, really important. Um, and HSPs who I work with a lot, they, they, you know, they score very high on, you know, on, on kind of empathic ability. So there is quite a crossover here. I could talk for hours about it. I'm not going to, because we have yeah. a guest duty to uh, talk about yeah. it more. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a topic we like, it obviously relates back to a topic we did last series, um, HSPs, as you mentioned. Um, uh, I guess you're saying like empaths kind of take on everyone else's emotional bag uh, baggage. Um, and even like does it like affect you when you're watching things like films and tv tv shows like you take on that emotion a bit more like than a normal person would is that to me joe yeah 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 i mean yeah i think i think empaths do have to be careful about the data they take in yeah i mean you know an empath watching the news for instance can be really really deeply affected by you know some of the negative things that are going on in in the world but you know but similarly 
you know, if an empath is taking in, you know, positive data, you know, watching positive things, maybe on TV or being in nature, you know, empaths draw their energy from, you know, from kind of what's going on around them. So if an empath is in a forest, say, for instance, you know, it's going to be such a great place for them because they're pulling in everything, all the joy of nature, you know, so there is positives and negative aspects. I think the negative, as often I think the path for empaths in, you know, in, in the world, unfortunately, like the one we have is to try and boundary some of the more negative, you know, um, uh, data that might come in and, and try and, you know, live a life where they can, you know, reinforce the positive aspects of it being in nature is one of those things. Yeah. Um, so as with every episode, we are joined by a lived experience guest um, who I'd like to introduce now. I don't want to keep her sitting and waiting. Um, so I'd like to introduce Trudy Banks. Uh, thank you for joining us, Trudy. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Um, we were, we were going to try and get you on a few episodes ago. Um, I'm glad to finally have you on um, and have a topic that we can discuss with you. Um, so just give us a little insight. As we do with every guest, we're just getting to give us a little background in relation to the topic we'll be uh, discussing. So everything that was just described as what an empath is, like I couldn't have worded it any better myself. Um, so we pick up energy from other people and um, a, a general a rule of thumb empath will pick up on one energetic side of another person, which might be emotion. But I actually get all of them. So if someone's standing in front of me and they have a sore knee, I feel it. If they feel really, really darkly emotional, I'll feel it. If they feel really sad, I'm going to feel it. It's, it's like living in 100 people's shoes at once and having that many people's stuff on top of my own it gets really really overwhelming at times yeah. i think yeah, overwhelm is something that i think any empath listening is gonna really yeah. really identify with that i mean this is the shadow isn't it being overwhelmed it can, it can be very overwhelming it, 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 it actually overtook my life for quite a while um and the only way and i don't recommend this the only way that i could cope with it was alcohol it would, it would dull all of my senses enough for me to be able to sleep. And I don't recommend that anybody do that, but I'm, I'm, I know that there are a lot of people out there who, who are nodding their head, listening to this going, yep, I understand that. Um, and because I pick up on every single side of someone, I actually bring it to, um, to a positiveness. Um, I'm a yoga teacher, so I can be surrounded by 10 to 15 people at a time and even though I ask everybody, how are you feeling before class starts? They'll tell me something, they'll verbalize something, but my body tells me something else. So I put a class together by how their body tells me it's feeling. So I, I bring the positiveness around it as well. And that's how I actually um, teach my own classes by totally by their energetic field. Right, that is so interesting. Yeah, so and, and it, it, it's so true. You know, so you you might you know you might be in the group as you say, and you might ask how everyone's feeling. Of course, everyone's not going to be completely honest about how they're feeling. But as an empath, it's not really the words that you're listening to, is it? That's right. Yeah, everything else, and someone's name might pop into your mind, and you think, oh, I might give that person a call, and you connect with them, and you find that they're in a really dark place, and that a phone call can actually really help them. So it's listening to um, how you feel inside. It's listening to how you feel outside. And was I feeling like that five minutes ago? 
Did I do anything to hurt my knee five minutes ago? If I didn't, I wonder who I'm going to be seeing today that's got a really sore knee. So that's wow. just one thing, like it's just for reference. If someone has a sore part of their body that's really quite overwhelming for them, that's what I'll pick up on. It's almost like a superpower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a bit like, so yeah. it's quite similar to a lot of like other mental health things, like anxiety. I find with anxiety that you can kind of tell when other people are feeling anxious. You notice the signs yourself because obviously you've been through that emotional trauma and you have similar signs yourself, like maybe foot tapping or something. You can tell when something's wrong with someone. And I guess that's kind of similar in a way to a lot of other mental health issues. And obviously also with empaths as well, that you can tell when there's something wrong with someone just by because you know what they're feeling by just kind of looking at them or reading their body language. Well, sometimes it's just standing in front of them and it just encompasses an empath. So it's um, not having enough boundaries in place to stop that from happening. And it, it's taken me years to find the, the boundaries to put in place to say, no, I don't want to feel every, everything from everybody that comes in. But one of my, um, my, my, I guess my signs is if I have an anxiety attack and there's no reason for me to have an anxiety attack, somebody who's coming to see me is feeling like that. And it's almost like I have the anxiety attack for them and I, I hope that they find some sort of relief from that without even knowing that it's happening. So in a sense, I'm, I, I hope I'm making them feel better without them even knowing. Yeah, in a sense, you're helping them process maybe something they're not even particularly aware That's of. A, thank you. Yeah, much better way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that and I'm thinking about you, you being a yoga teacher. I mean, I, I guess, you know, you couldn't really have picked a, a better profession to be into you know to really use your empath you know your your empath um energy it, it's really good um it because people they walk in they stretch and they walk out feeling a hundred times better but they don't understand that the other part of what happens while they're stretching they're releasing things as well and um being that uh, you know uh, moths to a flame so uh, that that's another way that I that I talk about empath. It's um, you know I, I'm this huge flame and everything just comes towards me, and they they walk out feeling better and I am left feeling like I've got nothing left. So tired, and yeah. Wow. That's that's the downside of being empathic is you get really tired all the time. The world's a really and, stimulating place, isn't it, for empaths. And you said um, going for walks in nature, that is absolutely amazing. And I, I highly recommend it. If I go to the beach, it's almost like my husband that needs to carry me back to the car because I, I get so tired just from being at the beach. And I, I think that's a normal thing for most people anyway, but it's like everything just goes out with the water. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, the link, the link with nature, you know, my thing is kind of being in forests. I just really love being in forest. You know, you can hear the birds, the trees. It's just, just really, really nourishing. You know, and I think often nature is a, is a real place of safety. I think for empaths, in a really, really overstimulating world, you know, finding, you know, creating space and being mindful in nature and allowing, you know, yourself to pull in all the goodness that comes from that can be really helpful, can't it? I think in kind of de-escalating really for empaths. Well, the, the, the way of the world at the moment, it, it felt like um, 
doom. There was a lot of doom coming. I, I can tell when something big is going to happen in the world. I feel it within me. And I actually have a very long conversation with my husband about how I'm feeling. And we, we kind of pick things apart enough for me so I can sleep. And like, he's a very good sounding board. Everyone in this house is um, an empath, which can be very interesting. Huh. <laughs> um, because my daughter's finished uni now, but she used to pick up the energy of uni students, like highly stressed uni students. My husband works with um, uh, diesel mechanics and people who owns machinery. They've got their own issues. And I work with, you know, 30 to 40 people a day. And then you bring all that together, it can be a bit hot. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, I'm thinking of the positives and negatives living in a family of empaths. I mean, the, in terms of the connection, I mean, it must be wonderful. But in terms of the possible overwhelm. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can have some very heated discussions and, and debates and, and things that we didn't even know that we knew <laughs> because it's coming from somebody else. Mm. But the, the positives of it, uh, of living like, uh, you know, being empathic, uh, the three of us, is we, we know each other enough to realize that if someone's not quite themselves, we can do something about that straight away. Yeah, so, um, sorry? Sorry, carry on. <laughs> so if someone is raising their voice, um, like getting heightened with the conversation and they don't normally get heightened over that particular topic, then we'll think, oh, okay. I wonder who, oh, so I'll say my husband, I wonder who my husband's been around today and then we'll find, we'll, We'll talk about who he's been around, how they were, and then we'll pinpoint where that could be coming from. And then generally, once we have a name or a place or a person in front of us, or we have spoken about that person, then it goes. That's incredible. So it's like the, the link is gone. And yeah. Um, how long did you know you were an empath for? Well, I didn't know for, for quite a while. I was very cranky for a long time. Um, and I never knew why. I just thought it was in my DNA that I was just cranky. Um, but after my my brother died in a very traumatic accident in 2009, and everything kind of unfolded from there, all of my gifts unfolded from there, but the empath side really opened up and I had no idea what it was. And it it actually scared me to, to have all of these feelings that I didn't know what they were and my body hurt and I had, hadn't done anything to it but it was everybody that I was coming into contact with on that day. And then once I met the person, then it would go. So I'd, I'd wake up feeling like I was 90 and I'd come home feeling like myself. So that was in 2009 that I, I really started to notice that something big was happening and I had no idea what it was. So I actually had to find someone to help me pick it all apart because I woke up with all of the, all of the um, psychic gifts as well as being empath so that you know there's it's all or nothing <laughs> if the universe is going to give me something it's all in one go not bit by bit yeah I'm, I'm, I'm glad you've moved moved it into the kind of psychic ability because i guess if we we allow ourselves you know really to go down into the depths of you know of empaths yeah i mean often empaths do have that don't they you know it can be maybe to a greater or lesser extent you know, picking up on other people's feelings is just a start. But, you know, I guess it also feeds into intuition, doesn't it? You know, they, maybe you have a relative thousands of miles away and you just wake up one morning and you feel that there's something's happened for them. And then perhaps they might call you an hour later. This is the kind of thing that the experience that is familiar for empaths. Does that kind of resonate with you, Trudy? Oh, yeah, I'm sitting here nodding at everything that you're saying. <laughs> yeah. 
it, it, it seems to all fit in. But at the time when it all, you know, kind of boof out of me, I had no idea what it was. And it, it can be very overwhelming until you work out what it is. And then you find someone to help you put your boundaries in place. And I found that the hardest, um, putting boundaries in place. But we all must do it. Even, even if you're not empathic, you don't feel other people's things, we still need to put boundaries in place in everyday life. And um, I will open my boundaries for um, if someone's coming to me for a, a reading because I want to be able to feel what they're feeling and then I'll close it as soon as they've left. It's down to a fine art now. So for anyone who has all of it and feels at everything, the emotions, the physical, the energy, the tiredness, everything, put some boundaries in place. And it's, it took me years to work work out what was best for me. I mean, this is this is this is often the journey of empaths, isn't it? You know, when I guess when you know when when their empathic ability starts to surface, you know, generally when they're really really young, you know, they 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 this is the generalisation, but often it's really confusing, it's really mm-hmm. overwhelming. They feel different to others at school. That, and then eventually, you know, hopefully they will find out what, what it is. But then there is the journey to try and put boundaries in, which is so important. I mean, how, how, how do you do that, Trudy? I mean, it's been a path, isn't it, from what you say? Well, from 2009 till probably 2020 was my, my whole journey of trying to put something in place. Because, like I said before, it's all or nothing for me. So finding a middle ground was actually really hard. I tried everything that people recommended. I'd white light myself. I would imagine myself in a bubble, Um, but I have to be really um, uh, very strong in the way that I approach, Um, like I talk to my guides and I say, right, I no longer want to feel anybody else's feelings, thank you very much. This is my life and my body and I just want to feel my own feelings. And I got really quite strong with that. And since I started saying that, I only feel little bits and pieces come in and it's generally for something really important. Someone's feeling really down and they're coming to see me for yoga or coming or just popping in for a visit. I'm okay with that, but not feeling a hundred people's, um, you know, sore, sore spots and all of that kind of stuff. So I, I had um, spine fusion surgery in 2019 and I felt more of other people's stuff than I did with having metal put in my back. That's how strong it can be. Feeling other people's um, emotions, like the nurses and the doctors that were were treating me in the hospital, I felt more from them than I did within my own body. That it can be so overwhelming. Wow. Um, and do you, do you see a therapist or anything? You don't mind me asking, or um, yes, I do. Yep, I see her. Um, I was seeing her once a week. And uh, then I moved to once a fortnight and now to once a month. Now that I've got things more on a, on a level that I'm happy with, where I can still help people, but I come first. Um, and she brings some really good things into play. When I first met her, she didn't know what um, an empath was. So she had to, some research to do. But now we, we like bounce ideas off each other. It's really good. She gives me things to, um, like if I have an anxiety attack coming, She'll, um, she'll say, put some um, Play-Doh in your hand and squeeze it. And it actually does work. It's because it's the sense of touch that takes away the sense of somebody else's anxiety attack that comes through. Wow. Um, it's a good yeah. strategy. Yeah. At the end of the day, it is a good thing um, to be able to help people in such a way. And when you find your own boundaries and your own um, 
uh, your own wall that you put up or whatever you want to name it, you, you do, you feel really good for one, putting the, the boundary there, two, looking after yourself and three, you can still help people by lowering the boundary and then putting it back up. Um, but it's finding that boundary itself. So now when I teach yoga, I, I sit in front of my class and I'll say, how are you feeling? And if they say, oh, I'm feeling good, I'll literally call them out and I'll say, no, you're not. <laughs> and we make a bit of a joke out of it. So it, it works. It worked really well. Yeah. And, and Sorry, I, think, I went on. No, that's, this is really interesting. And, you know, and, and just in, in that example, you know, someone that come into your yoga class and really being seen, you know, it's so important for people, isn't it? To, to really, really be seen and to be really mm -hmm. be connected with, even if maybe they're not giving you the information perhaps that they could, well, they're in a group, they probably don't want to share, but, you know, to, for you to connect with them in that deep way, I mean, that in itself, I think is healing for, for them. And then there's the yoga on top of that, isn't there? Yeah. And lots of laughter. We yeah. laugh a lot. And I think that's a really good way of releasing anything. Yeah. yeah. So it, 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 like you said before, it, there's the, the good, the positive side of it and then the shadow side of it. But when you bring them both together and work out how to use it, it's really, really good. Was it confusing, Trudy, when you, I mean, when you were much younger, before you really could, you know, you could kind of, I don't know, put a description to it. I'm, I'm guessing it probably was fairly confusing. It was. Um, I didn't have, I didn't know why I was feeling so many different uh, feelings in a day. I'd be happy one minute and cranky the next and upset another, and then I'd be back to normal. I'd feel um, dizzy. I'd feel so many different things. But I must have at some point when I was younger closed it down because I don't remember. Well, here's something for you. My first memory of life is waking up in an ambulance when I was 13 because I was hit by a car. I was a pedestrian and I don't remember my life before that day. So my first memory is um, lights and sirens and, and paramedics and people and, and me lying on a road. Um, so that's my first memory. But from that day, I would have um, every emotion you could think of, even after I healed from my broken leg. I can't believe that I got hit by a car going 70 kilometers walking across the, well, I was walking across the road and all I got was a broken leg. Jeez. It's pretty incredible. But yeah, um, the, I guess I see, I don't know what happened before that day. So I can only assume that I was feeling things and then uh, for quite a while, like after my accident, things were closed down because I needed to heal. But then through high school, I'd, I would remember picking up so many different emotions from people. And I just thought that it was hormonal um, that I would go through so many things in a day of happy, sad, cranky, happy, you know, whatever. Um, but as I got older, I thought, you know, there's no reason for me to go through so much in a day. I wonder what's going on here. And um, it wasn't really until I met my husband in uh, 1998. Um, that and because he grew up with this he's the one that kind of helped me draw it all out and, and pick it apart and work out what was going on um he actually helped me bring it all into one space but then when it really opened in 2009 if, if I didn't have him beside me I don't know how how that was kind of going to pan out because it can be really overwhelming so I know I know I went left field with this but um I, I had to bring in my accident because I don't know my life before that day but but you but your husband really helped you to kind of process yeah. it. And yeah. 
I mean, I guess he grew up with yeah. a, with, with a very spiritual parents, and mm-hmm. they understood the empath side as well. Oh. So he grew up with it. So he he understood it from the day that he, you know he could understand anything. He knew what an empath was, mm-hmm. and how to help himself throughout his childhood. So he's ten years older than me. So he grew up with this a lot, lot you know, a lot, a lot longer before I started mm-hmm. noticing that anything was different about me. Um, so I'm very lucky to have him in in more uh, ways than just helping me with empathic. <laughs> But, but the, the being really understood, and I guess, you know, him being sensitive as well, I guess it really helps you both kind of understand each other. Julie, if it's okay, I, I wanted to ask more about just maybe just focus on the psychic ability. Yeah. I mean, I know it's it's the same, but it's it's different, isn't it? And you talked about your kind of spirit guides, I think, earlier. I just wonder whether you could talk a little bit more about the psychic ability and just, you know, I don't know what, what, how it is manifested in you, really. So, um, like I said before, I just woke up with it all one day, not long after my brother died, and um, and that that's really the only way that I can link it. It happened about a week after he died, mm-hmm. uh, and um, so I was thirty three, and it it all unfolded over time. So, as I said before, I had some help with picking my empathic side apart, but what we did at the same time was we we worked out that I could see and hear and sense and smell and touch. So I've got all of the gifts that anybody would want, but when they come all at once, it's really hard to pick them apart. So what what this lady and I did was we, um, she'd say, right, we're gonna work on your hearing. So we're gonna park everything else. I don't know what she did to park everything else. Maybe I just believed in her enough for that to happen. Mm. So we'd work on the visual aspect of things. And I can I can see everything I can see behind you I can see I can see behind any, everybody but I have to still live a life and not let them overtake my life with just because they've got a message for their Auntie Betty or somebody I still have to I still have to work so I acknowledge them I not I nod and and that sometimes that's enough for them to accept that yeah I can see but I'm not going to do anything with the information that they have right now because I'm teaching a class. Um, then we parked that one in and we worked on um, sensing. So I can feel when a spirit touches my hand. It's like they're holding my hand, like my husband would if he held my hand. Um, and then we parked that one and we worked on other things. And then we just brought it all together. And then this lady said to me, I'll say her name. Her name's Arma. She's lovely. She said to me, right, so you can do a reading for me now using all of your senses and I didn't have to do anything I just opened my mouth and it all just came out so and it's really hard to believe that you can do something like that so if you've never done it before it's just like you you feel like there's imposter syndrome and there's so many people who doubt that you whatever comes out of your mouth wasn't in your mind five seconds ago so you didn't make it up it just comes out so all of my gifts brought into one makes me um, uh, very heightened in every area that I have. Um, but what I found the hardest was closing it all down at the end of the day. So I used to do reading and reading and reading and reading and reading in a day and then I'd fall in a heap because I was so exhausted. But now I'll do one a week because that's all I have the energy for. Because if I, do, if I just wanted to um, do mediumship and just see in here, then that's one side of me. But when you bring it all in, it's very exhausting. 
yeah. Was that your question? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 you know, it's it's such an this is a fit. This is something that really interests me personally and, and the, the the closing it off is key isn't it and the self-care i guess so you mm. say so, you know you you can open everything up and you know you can give a reading but actually you've also got to look at your own life because you really need to leave your own life as well so you have to put That's a right. boundary and you have to self-care you have to know when you can be open psychically when you when you need to be a bit more close and mm. I, I think that is the journey isn't it it sounds as though you've been on quite a journey with this trudy I have been, yeah. <laughs> and I could talk about it for hours. And there, like, there's many stories that I could that I could share. Um, uh, it, but it, I believe that the people that come to me for readings are they're coming to me because I've lived something that they're going through. So if someone has lost a child, then I believe they're drawn to me because I've lost a child. If they if they're struggling with alcohol, then I believe they come to me because I, I used to be an alcoholic. Or if if they were in a toxic if they're in a toxic relationship, then I believe that they come to me for that reason. So I believe we're here to help people by leading by example, by living through something and crawling your way back up to the top, and helping people by where you've been. And I truly believe that that's um, part of my path. Um, there's many other things as well, but that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> Um, do you have a favourite coping strategy that you use? Yes, I do. Um, I do everything in the one room, and that's my yoga studio, which is attached to um, the side of our house. So when I um, when I open that door, I'll say, right, I'm going to open up my gifts now to do um, yoga or readings or healings or whatever it is that I'm going to do in that moment. And when I close the door, my family life is in the house and I'm in the studio, so no one comes in. And when I'm finished in the studio with whatever I'm doing, I'll say when I step through this door, I close my gift down. And I'm going into my house and I'm going to be Trudy, who's married to Craig and is Emily's mother, and I can live my normal life. So yeah, it's like see. stepping into two worlds. That's yeah. awesome. And, and I'm really firm with how I say it because I don't want anything to come into the house. It's, Yeah. There's time yeah. for this side of me and time for this side of me, and, and the, the two shall not meet. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to. Yeah, I mean, goodness me, we must get you on again, Trudy. <laughs> I could talk to you for hours, really. <laughs> you know, well, we've you know we've we've just really opened this up, haven't we? I mean, there's so much more to say. I mean, I, I'm kind of wanting to just ask you around what what is it for you as a, as an empath to look at something like I don't know what's going on with the environment, what's going on with the planet. Because, you you know, as an empath, you're also going to feel, you know, I mean, if I can frame it like this, the pain of the planet, you, you, you know, you're going to connect with that, aren't you, as well, in a really, really deep way. And I'm just wondering what, what, what that's like for you. How I feel the pain of the planet? Yeah. It feels like um, a big wave of dread. And it doesn't go away until I know from a newscast you know what you know what's happened in the world so when um when there was a earthquake in melbourne recently i was i was walking around the house kind of just looking from left to right and i said to craig my feet don't feel quite steady but and you know we put that down to um i'm prone to ear infections so and i get i feel a bit unsteady on my feet and then an hour later i find out there's been an earthquake in in, in melbourne but i don't just find out about any part of the world that's where my husband's family lives 
so his father lives in Melbourne and his um, one of his brothers lives in Melbourne. So there's a there's a connection there. So my um, the, the energy from the, the planet came through my husband's father. Does that make sense? It does. So yeah. like yeah. an energetic wow. line between me and Craig and his father and then back to me. Yeah. So if anything happened in like, in like, let's say New Zealand, if there was an earthquake in New Zealand, I won't feel it because I don't know anyone in New Zealand that I have an attachment to. Mm. But with what's going on lately in the world, if something's going to impact me or impact my husband or my daughter, I'm going to feel it. It feels like there's dread coming. Mm. And then I'll you know, find out that there's a lockdown or something, or there's been protests or, or something like that. Um, it's, and I, it'll feel like dread. And then I have this little anxiety attack and then it stops. So then I know it's not mine. And I know that there's nothing dreadful going on within my own body. But I know myself well enough to know that if there's something wrong with my body, I'll go to the doctor. But when there's something that comes in that wasn't there, and it's heightened, then it's coming straight from earth. Mm. Oh, that's well, like a sixth sense. Yeah. Yeah. Almost so like again. a sixth sense. Sorry. Almost like a sixth sense. Yeah. 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 I, I, it's weird. Like, I, I kind of get kind of similar things sometimes like i can feel something has happened before it happens like when my grandma passed the day my grandma passed away we were waiting on news for ages and the minute i left the house to go and see my friends my mum called to say that she'd passed and it kind of it's weird like i had the weird feeling in my stomach before and i, I didn't know the news until i got home because i was out with my friends and the minute i walked in the door i kind of had that weird energy that something had happened and, and then my dad said, oh, your grandma's passed. And so I, I, I knew it had happened before it had happened. So what was the feeling that you had? I just had like a sinking feeling in my st uh, stomach, like something bad had happened. Mm -hmm. And because that was what was going on, like it was my grandma was unwell with cancer at the time. Um, and she was kind of nearing the end of like her life. I had that weird gut feeling that something had happened and the minute I walked in the door and my dad the look at my dad's face I knew straight away that that was what it was it was it was just like an odd thing and I've had it happen a few times with a few different things like my nan had a stroke and I had weird like weird feeling that day that something was, was going to happen and then my mum messaged me and said oh nan, my nan's she hadn't had a stroke, it was something else, but uh, she said, oh, you know, I might have had a stroke. I live in a different country to my land now. I live in Melbourne and she lives in the UK. And that day I just had this weird energy in my head and in my stomach. And then mm. I got a message from my mum saying this has happened. It's just, Were you very it's close just, to her? Yeah, um, well, she lives around the corner from my family, uh, from my parents, so... We used to see her, and she spent, we always spent Christmas with her and everything. Um, and I mean, she's still alive now, but like, I always, when something happens to her, I have always have a weird feeling that day when it's before it happens that something's going to happen. Mm. It's good to have that sixth sense. Yeah. It's so it's, it's like a radar, and. And, and you're prepared to hear news or prepared to be faced with something rather than it be a total shock. Yeah. Yeah, empaths don't like shocks. 
or, no. or, or loud noises. So um, so be grateful mm. that you have a really good intuition or a good sixth sense because mm. you know something's coming. Yeah. And yeah. I guess with the intuition and the sixth sense, I mean, Joe, you, you, you're talking about this now. You know, I, I think schools, certainly in the West, I'm not entirely sure this is, this is so true in other cultures, but certainly in the West, I think we're, we're, we're taught to just forget that, aren't we? Intuition or feeling like you know, someone's suffering on the other side of the world. or That can't be right, you know, because we, we, we can't scientifically prove that, can we? We can't, you know, although there have been, <laughs> there have been studies on, around, but... But we, we, you know, we, we. I think it's educated out of us, and this is something that perhaps, to greater or lesser extents, I think we all have as human beings. But I, unfortunately, I think the education system just teaching us teaches us that thinking rather than feeling. You know, this is the way to go. You know, we have to like shut all that down. Our intuition, our feeling, our psychic ability. Our, you know, and and I think you know that is really to the detriment to you know to every individual in society and society as a whole. Because I think we all bring this to lesser or greater extents as, as human beings. I don't know whether that's something you agree with, truly, or do you think we all are going to have a bit of this, really? Well, I believe we're all born with this, with the ability yeah. to hear and 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 feel and sense. So, if you notice a newborn baby, I work with birth as well. I work, I help couples um, have a beautiful, calm birth. Um, a baby will look past you. They won't look directly at you. They'll look past you because they can see behind you. They can see your loved ones behind you. So we're born with this. But it's it's whatever your parents' beliefs are or your school's beliefs that kind of either um, hinders it or empowers it. Mm. So I decided that because I had such a rough time with my reawakening that I would never allow my children to go through that. So we have um, a well-balanced psychic medium, empath, 22 tomorrow year old daughter who lives a relatively calm life that can walk, she can, you know, she'll be out dancing with her friends and she can see spirit and and she'll nod and, you know, and continue dancing. Um, but if she felt that she needed to do something with that, then she would. Mm. So it would be a much calmer place, I believe, this, this place we call earth, if we were all um, nurtured into unraveling our gifts in our own time rather than somebody squashing that down because that's not in their belief or um, it, it can be intrusive at the same time as saying that so um, if you have a strong gift I'll say from 13 onwards because I don't know before that then it can be quite disruptive for your schoolwork so it's a good idea to maybe close it down for a little while but for it to just come out later in life boom and it totally takes over your life then um, I, I would love it if schools would embrace it mm. and just and nurture it and let them use their abilities in whatever way they need to. Uh, yeah. I could um, talk about it for hours. <laughs> so um, as we asked with all our guests, um, it's a new thing we've introduced this series. Um, I'd like to ask what advice you have for other people that are empaths. To believe in yourself. If you think you might be empathic, just take a deep breath and notice how you're feeling physically, emotionally, mentally, and energetically. And then think about a friend who you spoke to today and see if anything different changes about your body, your emotions, or anything like that. If it does, then you're picking up on other people. You And if you find that you're moody for no reason, you're probably picking up on somebody else. So 
say to yourself, I live my life for me and nobody else. And I am going to put a bubble of white light around me or a bubble of color or just say, I'm putting walls up. There's always something that you can do to prevent it from happening as much as it probably is right now. So just say, I live my life for me. This is my life and I'm walking forward in my own truth. And that should, well, not close it down, but give you some peace because it can be very overwhelming. Well, um, I'd like to, um, I'd like to, I could talk for hours. It's such an interesting topic. Um, <laughs> it unfortunately, is. gonna have to, yeah, unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap it up. Um, I'd like to say thank you for joining us and for sharing your story. Um, this is a topic that uh, I've not known a lot about, so it's been interesting to learn and hear your story. And I'm sure our listeners will really appreciate listening to it, especially you guys that can relate. Um, and I'd like to say thank you to Mark again for helping co-host. Um, and thank, thank you to our you. listeners. Um, and yeah, just take care, everyone. Thank you um, for listening. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you good so much. good thank to you meet you. Bye. If you or anyone you know has been affected by the topics discussed in today's episode or previous episodes, please contact your local or country's helpline. You will find them by going to Google and typing in helpline. Um, they have Samaritans, suicide helpline, but remember that you're not alone, as the title of the podcast says. Um, there are many other people like you that have got mental health issues and feel suicidal and feel alone, but there's always someone there for you to talk to, be it a friend, a family member, a stranger, a psychotherapist or a doctor. There's someone to talk to. I've been in that position before. And talking to someone really does help. It's okay to not be okay. And I will see you in the next episode.